Welcome back everybody to the next episode of the Introduction to ST3 podcasts. Today I'm joined by Hossam Ismail, who's one of the consultants in Wigan, and we're going to talk to you about what to do when a junior has difficulty referring a patient. Hi Hossam. Hello, Kirsten. So when we're looking at difficulties that occur with referring a patient, why does this happen? could be for a number of reasons. We can put it down to either an inappropriate referral or a poor referral or getting some sort of pushback. Okay, so why don't we take the first one of those in order? What makes a referral inappropriate? It could be as a result of the case actually not deserving to come in. Is this because the junior is afraid to come and ask? Are they at the end of their shift and they're trying to silo the patient so that they can get off the shift on, on time? The other thing that could be a lack of knowledge on the part of the junior who's not quite sure either with medical knowledge or with the system knowledge or where referrals go to. Maybe it may need to come into hospital, but probably being referred to the wrong specialty. Or even taking that a step further, sometimes there are hot clinics that are available that might be available in one trust but not another. So the junior might not realise that there is a, a direct access to a clinic here, whereas previously they would have had to refer it direct to that specialty. Exactly, yes. I think the other thing that I've noticed is that some juniors have a fear of discharging patients. Yes, and this we, we've noticed that that usually happens when they first join a and in, in the first few months, maybe they're not, they don't feel comfortable. They feel that they've lost that safety net, whereas in most other specialties, there's the post-take ward round, where they're sure that whatever they write will be reviewed. Now they are it. The buck stops with them effectively, and then it's just... Um, they need to make that big decision. And as, as you can rightly said, they're, they're a bit anxious about sending someone. What we've also experienced is, is sometimes that if you are in a department that has its own A&E, clinical decisions ward or unit, you frequently in the morning come up to a lot of patients that should have probably either been at home or with a specialty because that was the path of least resistance. Yes, sometimes the problems with referrals actually happen because people choose the easiest path for them rather than necessarily what is the right thing to do for the patient. And it is. It's a very unusual experience for these juniors when they're in the emergency department because we are giving them responsibility to send patients home and yet there isn't another hospital specialty where a patient is discharged without having a consultant review or at the very least a senior registrar review before they are discharged. So it is a very different pattern of working compared to what they will have been used to from their other jobs. And, in, and that's why we expect and, and that's probably why we get a lot of can I discuss this patient in the beginning when most of these specialties rotate into A&E and we'd hope to see that but at the same time you would hope that that would sort itself out as time goes along and the, and the, the juniors confidence and experience in, uh, with the common cases at least um, builds up. Yes I always try to encourage the juniors to almost discuss every patient that they pick up at the beginning of their placement because we want them to not feel like they're disturbing us when they're asking for advice we need to encourage them to ask for advice so that we don't fall into that trap of referring to avoid asking us questions but I would expect that to drop off so by the end of their placement they're only asking questions about a proportion of the patients that they're seeing otherwise you'd start to worry that they've maybe not listened to the advice that you've given with those commonly occurring presentations. Yes exactly I mean it's really just with the common presentations I really do encourage them and I want them 
doesn't because um, it helps me also run the floor when I know a bit about every patient but at the same time it also gives me a feel for how they're developing how they're coming across and if I it, it helps me pinpoint areas of weakness as well okay so we've spoken a bit there about the inappropriate referrals so you also mentioned that some referrals are poor referrals so what do you mean by a poor referral with regards to poor referrals, probably we can talk about structure, and there are a number of different structures that are around. Then there is the kind of structure where they are effectively presenting the case rather than referring the case, and that's quite long, and the punchline comes at the very end. And so you will find specialties become quite irritable. Usually the person carrying the bleach is the person seeing the patients as well, and so they feel pressured going along, and that might, as things go along, if each referral becomes a story, you will find them becoming a bit... Kurt? Yeah, they can become curt or a little bit grumpy when they're answering those referrals if it's taking a long period of time. And they can also switch off partway through somebody telling a story because they've got so much else going on at the same time. It can be hard to listen. Yes, exactly. And um, and it's that, that's why it's always helpful to sign. So you, effectively, your, your referral should be with some signposting initially. Great. Anything else that makes a referral uh, not of good quality? omitting key information that you would expect to hear and is pertinent. Uh, for example, we had a junior who was very appropriately worried about a patient and correctly thought they should be coming in, but seemed to ramble with the referral a little bit. And when we looked into it, failed to tell the referring specialty that the potassium level was one point something. Oh, <laughs> and that there were ECG changes. And it's this kind of things. And so we've said, well, no, we would have not referred. We wouldn't have said no to that. Well, of course we'd take him. And it's simple things like that. Maybe the, the anxiety of the moment. Again, it might be the fact of lack of structure or that way where the juniors may just be telling the story rather than bullet points and why and explaining why they feel the patient needs to come in. Yes, and in addition to that, I think there's a, a really simple use of language that can cause problems, which is sometimes juniors refer and while they're referring, they say, I'm phoning for some advice. Now, if you're the receiving specialist, then you might assume that actually that's what the junior is after. They're asking advice as in thinking that they might be able to send this patient home with some advice as to a management plan rather than we want that specialty to come down and see the patient and actually give their opinion. And whether they then see the patient down in the emergency department or whether they see it upon the medical assessment unit or surgical assessment unit is actually more a case for how the structure of your hospital works. A referral should be seen as acceptance by a specialty for them to review the patient and then where that review happens is a political basis not actually a, a clinical question that we're asking yes because of course of the four hour target and all of that another word that seems to come up is consult i've been asked to consult with you as well and again it's it should be a clear referral so the um, wording is very very important so the final one for why juniors might have difficulty referring a patient was pushback from specialties so why does this happen the most common i think most would come to mind for most people is the um the hangry stressed accepting specialty they may be busy they as i said earlier they they they, they normally carry the bleep and get the ref uh, get the referrals and see the patients and as the night goes along especially during nights I think you'll find that voice they get tired referrals getting more more patients to be seen no time to see them because the bleep just won't stop and so you, the irritability will increase understandably and we need to play we, we need to take that on board I think the other common place that we see pushback from 
the doctor receiving referrals is when the specialty that they belong to is putting a lot of pressure on them not to accept or if they get in trouble for having accepted referrals and so they take it on themselves to almost be a guardian of admittance avoidance and yet that's not always the best thing for the patient but they're motivated from an external factor so that can cause problems and then you get this sometimes at the beginning of a rotation when you have a new doctor who has never been in the position of accepting referrals before gets their first taste of power on whether they're accepting referrals and they feel it's their decision as to whether this patient comes into hospital or doesn't and often that is misplaced because it's not really their decision I don't refer to a foundation year two doctor because I expect them to know more than I do about something that I'm referring in they're really a, a gateway to getting a specialist to review but sometimes that perception of power can be taken in the wrong way yes and I think sometimes it's a bit of both <laughs> so um, it's the the new authority with the incentive that if you get it wrong you will get hammered as well so it becomes more of a survival tactic for the junior as well and then I think the final one that we've talked about before that can give pushback from specialties are things involving bias and prejudice now we're going to talk at that just at the end so we should probably move on now to thinking about how we can manage the situation when a junior comes to you having had difficulty referring a patient and in particular thinking about what an ST3 would be expected to do in this situation. Well, Kirsten, I think first off is to check actually whether this was an appropriate referral. Discuss the patient and the clinical presentation and where we are so far with the investigations with the referring junior and see if we would agree with, with their final opinion for disposition. And sometimes there are lists, aren't there, that can help with this. So thinking about the fact that the ST3s might also be working in a trust that they've not worked in before, some places have a list of these are things that are accepted within hot clinic or things that can be referred to the eye clinic or the ENT clinic or whatever. So sometimes there are lists and they can be useful for both the ST3s but also the ST3s can direct the juniors to these so that again thinking about them learning if they see another presentation like this in the future they could do that step themselves and avoid that inappropriate referral. Absolutely, yes. And, and, and similarly, some hospitals have criteria or lists uh, or um, for their admission criteria as well, so that they, 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 they help the, the juniors to decide whether this patient is appropriate for a referral. Yes, and that can help with those conditions that in some trusts will go to one specialty and in another trust it will go to another specialty. So, for example, back pain. In my hospital, because we're a tertiary site for neurosurgery, all back pain referrals go straight to neurosurgery and they then decide whether they are going to be for neurosurgical intervention or whether they go to the orthopaedic team. But we refer all of them to neurosurgery. Yes. However, neurosurgery don't accept tertiary referrals for back pain across the entire region because that would be frankly ridiculous. And so it might be that in another trust that condition would go to 
orthopaedics or even in some places medicine takes some types of back pain. So if you've got a list of what specialties accept which conditions, it can make things an awful lot easier. Absolutely, yes, and quite rightly, and I think pancreatitis is another one of those. <laughs> yeah, so that probably covers how we manage the inappropriate referrals. How about managing the juniors who are referring appropriately? It's just that their referrals aren't of the best quality. It's helpful sometimes to see what the junior actually told and ask him just to re-refer it to me or listen to the junior as he's referring and probably giving some feedback. And at the end of it, I think it's a matter of practice and whether that's the actual on-the-job practice or um, classroom um, practice. Yes, role play type stuff can be really helpful with this, can't it? Absolutely. It can be role play in, a, in an educational setting but you can even do that as just-in-time training on the shop floor. So if they've had difficulty with a referral, you can get them to role-play it back to you and you might pick things up during that. But if it's a recurrent theme, you can get them to practice their referral before they actually do their referral and you might be able to give them some hints and tips. If you're a little bit shorter on time especially if you're overnight and there aren't many seniors around then yes you can listen to them do that referral on the phone whilst you're standing next to them so that you can give them a little bit of support and encouragement and you can also intervene if necessary and they're still getting pushed back at the end yes certainly i think that's spot on that probably leads us quite nicely onto what happens if they're still getting pushback on that referral? So you know it's an appropriate referral, you've got them to practice their structure and their structure is absolutely fine, but they're still getting pushback from the specialty. What what should you do then? If the SD3 was there while the referral was being done in front of them, can actually step in. That's one way, but it is one that's quite effective most of the times for whatever reason is causing the pushback just going back and introducing yourself i understand that you don't want to accept this referral may i know why it's just is there anything particular that you want to uh, that's not happy with and and that will at least from our point of view open the gate for the the receiving doctor to tell us why he feels that or she feels that this isn't an appropriate or acceptable referral and then we can address that so if we feel if we disagree we can then say point them in the points that we think why if we for whatever reason agree with them then if they come up with an alternative plan that is quite is also acceptable then um, again you're resorting to your usual conflict uh, resolution tactics there yeah sometimes it can be just as simple as they've started accepting something else into hot clinic that you haven't been aware of or isn't on their regular list so it might be that that pushback is appropriate pushback or it might be a, a lack of understanding whether clinical or a procedural policy on their half so that works quite well if you have been able to listen into the referral that's just happened and are there and able to intervene at the end of the referral if things aren't going quite to plan. But if you've got an incident where you've discussed the case, so again, you know it's an appropriate referral, you've had the junior practice and you know that they've referred it in a well-structured manner, but you're still getting pushback, the receiving person isn't immediately on the phone what sorts of things should you do to um to try to solve the problem 
the first point of call would probably be to get more information. That's with regards to a number of issues, whether this has been a, a recurring theme through the night or through, through the week, whether it's been repeated with different individuals from, from that specialty or whether it was one particular person. We can then go and see whether this particular person is doing it with everyone or not. Yes, yeah, so I suppose it's whether it's one person who is being difficult with receiving referrals whether it's a team that is being difficult with receiving referrals that might allude to a problem at higher up that they've been told to not accept patients and then also is it affecting just one member of your team or is it affecting multiple people who are trying to refer because again it could be a problem with an individual it could be an interpersonal problem between two individuals or it could be one receiving doctor versus the entire emergency department which makes it less likely that the problem has originated from the emergency department so you need to find that sort of information out when you're talking to your genius about has anyone else had problems with referring patients this evening during the shift for whatever period of time yes absolutely and that's and that's invaluable information because then it will help you direct your follow-up actions so to speak again if it's recurring issue it becomes a bit of a problem and might need a bit more time to formulate a plan i don't think dragging someone down and, and, and giving them a right rollicking is probably <laughs> the best way and probably won't lead to fruitful results anyway no so we've talked to a couple of methods there one is to speak directly to the person who is giving pushback and i suppose it's worthwhile mentioning as we've done a couple of times that it might be that they're getting pressure from elsewhere so it might not be that they're being personally difficult and so when you are speaking to them it's worthwhile not being antagonistic to start with but you're still information gathering and trying to find out why they're not accepting your referral. They might actually have a better course of action that, uh, that as, as we said a new service that we weren't aware of or something of that that would also sort the problem. At the end of the day I think it is very important from a communication point of view to be clear but also have an element of empathy as well for this receiving doctor who in the case of if we were to look at an example um, medics they are they receive quite a large volume of referrals and as we said previously they might be the same doctor seeing the patients as well. Yes, and sometimes we're not always even aware of what their workload is. So that referring doctor might also be taking all GP admissions. And so we might think the emergency department hasn't been particularly busy tonight. They've not had lots of referrals from us. Why are they being so resistant? And actually, then you find out they've just taken 20 GP referrals off the back. And so their workload is massive and they've not been able to get anything done because their bleep's just been going off all the time. So we do need to try to be able to see things from other people's points of view. So what about if you speak to the doctor receiving referrals on the phone as the registrar in the department and they are still being very difficult and not willing to see our point of view and you've got patients that you feel need to come in and they are still trying their hardest to refuse those referrals. What are your options? One option would be to escalate to their seniors. It might become a bit more difficult uh, or awkward if it is actually the registrar who is the barrier to admission or to, um, and so you might need to escalate to their consultant. Yeah, I think that's quite a daunting task, really, at ST3 level as well. I think as you get higher up the years of being a higher specialist trainee, it becomes 
easier and by the time you get up to st6 the prospect of phoning a consultant in another specialty to say i'm having difficulty referring this patient and your registrar is causing me problems you actually don't mind doing that quite so much when you're in st6 because you feel empowered at that stage as an st3 that might seem a really scary prospect so there is nothing wrong in admitting that maybe as an st3 you're not the right person to solve this problem and you need to pass this up the chain to either one of the more senior registrars that you're working with or one of the consultants okay i feel like we've probably covered most of the more simple problems that occur around juniors having difficulty referring patients so we've talked about inappropriate referrals we've talked about poor referrals and we've talked about generic pushback from specialties as a whole now sometimes it's a little bit more tricky than that and you can have interpersonal problems or personality problems that occur between two individuals so the referrer and the person who is receiving the referral what sorts of situations does this happen in? Well, um, one that frequently is, is if one of the juniors has referred a patient that resulted in a significant problem to that particular doctor, they will be more likely to be guarded with referrals from that particular inf individual. Like that patient who presents with chest pain, who actually turns out to be a dissection, but they've been referred to medics as a simple ACS, and that patient has then gone off on the ward afterwards. That doctor might then be really reluctant to accept any chest pain referrals from that doctor in future because they feel they've not done a thorough assessment. So that can definitely cause problems. I suppose other places that it can happen can be with types of people who are referring. So we have quite a few advanced care practitioners who work for us. You've got the same over in Wigan. And sometimes, and I'm always really shocked when this happens, sometimes an advanced care practitioner will try to refer a patient and the receiving specialist will say, oh, and has a doctor seen that patient? Well, I'm not going to accept them until a doctor sees them, which it's frankly ridiculous. The system is based on the fact that we have advanced care practitioners who work at that junior doctor level who we trust to see patients and make a decision as to whether they need to come in or whether they need to go home. If I'm quite happy to let them discharge a patient from my department, then a receiving specialty doctor should definitely be able to accept a referral from them. Absolutely. And some of these ACPs are very experienced as well. They've been doing this for a number of years. And so they are well above an F2 if we were to think about it in that way. So we've essentially talked about discrimination when we've talked about the fact that some referring specialties will not accept referrals off advanced care practitioners. Absolutely. Yes. That's quite an easy example for us to use. There are other biases that also come into play that can cause problems with referrals. One of the ones that comes to mind that we've actually had a recent problem with was racism. So we had one of our overseas doctors who's working at our middle grade level who is very, very competent and we noticed they'd had a string of problems with referrals. I'd done all the basic things. It's a very conscientious doctor. So they'd come to me when they found out that they were having problems with their referrals and said, I seem to be having problems. I think I'm referring the right sorts of patients. 
but can I talk to you about the patients before I refer them? Yes, that's fine. So I knew that they were appropriate referrals. I listened in to him doing referrals on the phone and the, the structure and manner in which he was doing referrals was absolutely fine and yet he still got pushback and it was actually just with this individual when we looked at it it wasn't that this receiving doctor was giving the same attitude to other doctors who were referring even when they were referring suboptimal patients to them and after our information gathering and looking at it a bit further we decided that the actually the only thing that this could be was an episode of racism Yes, that's very unfortunate. Unfortunately, it, it can sometimes be a reason, whether it's due to the referring doctor not liking the accent, not liking the the way the doctor speaks or whatever, which comes back to their origin or their, the fact that they've just landed, um, um, so to speak, in the UK. And we see this not only in referrals, actually, we see this uh, represented in success rates for FCAM. So overseas doctors whose first language is not English are almost scored as being incompetent in OSCEs because their use of, of English language isn't as much as somebody who has learnt it as their first language. And actually, the use of language is not an assessment of your competency as a doctor. You can be clinically very good, but just not quite have the syntax in your sentences. And it shouldn't reflect your clinical ability. So it's something that we know exists in medicine and we know it's a problem. If this happens overnight, say you've got a junior clinical fellow and they bring this up to you as an issue, what would you recommend the ST3 does? It's a difficult one to answer that, actually. I don't think a confrontation with the doctor from that particular angle would be fruitful. However, I would say I would probably take over the phone uh, or call them up, just find out why they are not happy to accept this patient and see whether they can come up with a valid reason. If they can't, it then becomes apparent that there is another reason for this. We can kind of probe it at that point, just to clarify, but more often than not, it would be difficult or it would be obscured or they will say, oh no, that's I didn't understand that. Fine, I'll accept it just to draw a line and the patient will then have that sorted for that particular, but it doesn't actually fix the underlying issue. No, I think it's probably worthwhile mentioning that some of these biases are subconscious. So it might actually be that the doctor who's receiving the referral isn't even aware of the pattern of their behaviour. And actually, by phoning them up and asking them, so doing that information gathering part and saying, I think this patient needs to come in. One of my juniors has already discussed it with you. I was just wondering why you felt that it shouldn't. If they then can't come up with a reason, then one, you've sort of immediate patient safety concern sorted out. You've got that patient admitted. But then if you are having to do this regularly with the same person, you, you can either make them aware that they've got a bias without actually having to spell it out to them because you're phoning them every single time about this. Or you can get to the point, if you phone them a couple of times, you can say, I just wondered, is there a problem with receiving referrals from Dr. X? Because you seem to not be accepting any of the referrals that they're making this evening. It's not a pattern that I've seen with any of the other doctors. Have you had an issue with a referral from this doctor before? And you can use your information gathering to try and unpack it a little bit. And what you might do is actually make them aware of a bias that they've not been aware of, or if they are aware of it as a bias, they might realise that it's not something you're going to let them get away with. And 
that might then for the for the rest of that shift or for that immediate period of time solve that problem you then still need to think about this being a long-term problem and what you're going to do about that absolutely so you've hit the nail on the head there and i think that for the short term you may have sorted out if it was an unconscious bias and genuine and it may have recalibrated himself or realized it and was able to because sometimes it can be just a simple thing as he just gets annoyed from a certain tick or word the way he says it some he's not really it will be classified as racism but it's not really intended in that way giving the benefit of the doubt here but i think going forward it will probably be needing interventions from other places so it will need to be escalated possibly to their educational supervisor or clinical supervisor with a view to seeing whether this is there is a um, a trend across his uh, previous training or her previous training the um, at other hospitals in the same hospitals and and so then that will take a more formal approach to it on the short term you can probably just discuss it with his seniors see if they've heard about it from their seniors or let them and in which case the clinical supervisor will probably or the consultant of the day would be an appropriate starting point to get the ball start uh, rolling I suppose so I suppose it's it's not something we'd expect an ST3 to fix no. it is something that even if you've managed to solve that problem overnight, for example, that's not the end of the problem. I would then expect the ST3 to feed that back to the day team and to the duty consultant who's on so that they can take this further because it's completely unacceptable. It's something that needs dealing with and sorting out and not just brushing under the carpet. So a quick fix short-term solution isn't actually going to be enough. It is going to be something that will need to be looked at in more depth. Absolutely. And it's something that if you can fix it, it's best to be fixed when the junior is still a junior because once they become senior you've lost the approach the the, the chance is gone uh, i would i believe in yeah. the sooner a problem like this is identified and dealt with the easier it is to deal with and the more likely you are to have sustained change if you wait until somebody is senior before you start tackling problems to do with behavior or with attitude of which racism comes into that category then changing somebody's attitude and behavior is a lot harder further on in training than it is right at the beginning so you need to get these nipped in the bud as soon as they happen and that's why even if you think you've solved the problem swiftly and you don't want to make a big deal out of it actually you're not making a big deal out of it these are important things that need to be properly sorted out all right so Hossam, i think we've probably covered everything that we wanted to cover today just to briefly summarize We've talked about juniors who are coming to you because they're having difficulty referring a patient. We've split this up into three, three main reasons why this occurs. So it can occur because of an inappropriate referral, because of a poor referral, or because of pushback from the specialty. And then we've talked about different methods in which we can mitigate this or solve it as a problem, including checking that referrals are appropriate, doing a little bit of role play or listening into referrals as they're being made to check that that structure is there. And then a lot of pushback from specialties is about information gathering, processing that information, solving small problems out if you can there and then, and then referring the bigger issues up to your consultant cohort for their assistance. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much, Hassan. Thank you very much, Kirsten, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, take care, everybody, and um, hopefully we'll see you soon. Bye now.